Greetings, investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The trick to not being discovered until it's too late is to become part of the expected surroundings. Stealth is more the art of blending in with the background than sneaking through dark shadows. Our campaign is Horror on the Orient Express, and this at last is episode 80. I'm your game master, and Jeff Wilkins will be giving our recap. So, the train's moving onwards. We're heading into Sofia, Bulgaria. Let's begin our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Thanks, Tom. Our last episode, our group is on board the Orient Express, and it's around 3 a.m. when the train is arriving in Svelingrad for a scheduled stop. Based off the intercepted telegram that Dr. Dawkins obtained, we believe that Salim Makriat has plans to meet someone here. We've all awoken to make an attempt to watch the platform to see who is getting onto the train. Upon awaking Eldritch and Dr. Keith, we have another conversation about what we know and what we don't know about the Sedev Carcinal Akram. Eldritch brings up many interesting points, uh, as do the others. We think that maybe the simulacrum is mainly just an armor of some kind that grants the wearer some sort of immortality. And yet Eldridge points out that Fenlock has never worn the armor. The train pulls to a stop and we hear someone yelling for help. Frank and Dr. Keith wait in the salon to see if the, to watch the platform, while Eldridge and Dr. Dawkins go to investigate the yelling. It turns out it was Luigi Martinelli and he's been stabbed. He was sleeping in Frank's lower bunk, and someone came into the cabin in the night and stabbed him. We assume that it was meant for Frank. Dr. Dawkins attends to his wounds. The police have also arrived and are investigating. Dr. Keith and Frank see two men getting off, getting into a second-class cab a few cars down. A few policemen also get on, and they were more, or more like border guards. One man ran off the train as we arrived to report the crime. Eldritch is looking for clues about who might have stabbed Luigi, but he's finding he's not finding anything. Luigi has been removed from the train. The police have finished their investigation, and at about 4.35 a.m., the train leaves the platform. Dr. Dawkins is able to move his baggage into Frank's room, and this way we each feel a little bit safer. Dr. Dawkins and Frank get, to some, get some sleep before breakfast is served, while Eldritch and Keith are staying awake now in the salon car. As they're looking out the window, they see several large wolves running along next to the train. As the sun rises, the wolves peel away. We overhear someone in the personnel talking that it seems one of the conductors has gone missing. At breakfast, Eldridge talks with Jack and plants a few seeds in his mind about some possible newspaper headlines. But other than that, nothing much else happens, and we're about to arrive at our next stop in OC in Sofia. Great to set the date. All right. Um, so now are you all together for breakfast? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I was thinking about this earlier and I think it might be reasonable for me to suggest this, but my guess is your paranoia is probably pretty high. There are going to be minor stops all along the way. I'm thinking that if 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 any one of you is is available at at any given moment, you've got your eyes kind of looking out the windows. 
you know, to see if you see people getting on the train, off the train. You know, you're keeping track of things at this point. <clears throat> um, so the train pulls in to Sophia and um, do you got it's going to be in Sophia. Uh, it, it pulls into I'm sorry, it pulls into Sophia at 11:15 a.m. It's going to leave at 11:50, so it's what about uh, 30 minutes, 35 minutes or so. It's going to be in Sophia. Um, you notice uh, almost immediately uh, somebody leaves the train and runs to the. Uh, the telegraph office. Do a spot hidden for me. Whoever is looking out the window, you can designate somebody or they're all so quiet. I didn't pass. I got a 90. Yes, I did pass. 58 out of 65. Okay. From the clothing, you're pretty sure that it's Jack Gatling. Okay. It's one of the ones that we pretty much have crossed off the lists of suspects. Makes sense as well because he's a, no. a journalist. I don't think we did. I'm always oh. suspicious, you know. Particularly oh, particularly remember our, our interpreter. Yes. Constantinople. So yeah, I don't think we crossed them off the list. Okay. But I think Eldridge just crossed them off. Well, Eldridge can. He has the comfort of doing that. <laughs> um, within just a matter of, you know, 30 seconds or so, you also notice quite a few other people getting off the train just to stretch their legs and walk about. You have been cramped up on the train for, what, a day and a half. I, th I think what made the last stop, uh, what, extraordinary, yes, um, is that we actually had that clue where he was supposedly meeting somebody. So it's going to be... It... Okay, uh, I don't, never mind. Forget what I was saying. Um... Do an idea roll, because I, I want to bring something up that we talked about last time. Yeah, 25. Um, you heard earlier that uh, the, the man in charge of the Calais car is the man who is missing. Uh, he was replaced, you recall? Um, that was uh, Sukard. He was the guy who was in charge of your... Uh, your cabin. Uh, and he's the man who is now missing. He's also the man that took your tickets. What's his name? Sukard? Uh, Emile Sukar. Um, it's when French. you say took our tickets. Yes, when you were getting on the train. He just took them and stamped them and gave them back to us, didn't he? He didn't hang on to them. Correct. That would be really annoying. 
In the last episode around that time, I was given the name of Oswaldo Volk. Is he the new person? Sorry, I'm, I'm getting... Is So Emil, yes. Emil disappeared? He was the one that disappeared? Correct. Yeah. Oswaldo's the replacement. The replacement of Emil. Okay. He was working at another part on the train, and they've they've just posted in there because they need him need somebody to be your yes. in charge of your car. Um. So I just wanted to make sure you understood that. Um. <clears throat> and Sophia is where we had the uh, the run in with the uh, vampires. The vampire, yes. We we arrive in daylight, don't we? Yeah, we. Oh uh, yes, yes. Eleven fifteen, you arrive in the morning. Okay. Everybody still have the garlic. Oh yes, Frank does. Yeah. Do any of you want to get off the train? Um, <clears throat> I was I was going to put this idea out there. Um, perhaps while everybody is out of the train, perhaps we can do a bit of looking around to see if we can actually find a similar lack one um i think we we've uh, concluded that he couldn't be wearing it that he's he, he has it all so we can find a place the place where he stashed it perhaps we can um or perhaps we can actually hide it away from him i don't know if he still needs it to complete the ritual Well, how would you like to go about that? Of course, the staff is still on the train, so. Where would you like to look? We, we, could, we could say that we're just checking on our, our luggage or something. Okay. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, well, if... <clears throat> If uh, we remember Fedelik, uh, he was uh, he was stored something of that size would would need to be stored, and Fedelik was stored with all the other large objects, and that was like what Tom like six cars worth of stuff that right. we had to like individually go through. Right. Um, I don't know if we have time to do that. Well, realize too that you guys had the simulacrum stored in a trunk. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a big trunk that it's stored in. Yes, oh, so it can it's not going um, to be as obvious as a. Well, here's, here's a question. As a, as a coffin. When, when we found um, our, our rooms ransacked, uh, were the trunks that we had the, the pieces in, were they taken away or were they still there and just empty? I'm sorry, ask that again. When we, <clears throat> sorry, when we, um, when we discovered that our rooms were ransacked back in Constantinople, okay, were the the trunks that we had the pieces in were they still there, and just uh, empty, or were you know, or were they gone completely? Um, the trunks that you had had been stored in the vault of the hotel, and they were gone. Hmm. Along with the simulacrum and the scrolls, your your rooms were ransacked for the scrolls, <clears> probably <throat> or the scroll that you had. Well, perhaps I mean, if we can recognize our our own uh, 
luggage uh, containers, we can probably uh, pinpoint it that way. Yeah, we'd, we'd sort out um, specifically reinforced luggage, hadn't we, then? Mm -hmm. It's quite, quite noticeable. Where would, where would we look, though? Is that something they would put, what is it called, the forlorn? The foregone? Foregone? It would be there. Can I go back real quick? Um, when you said that I spotted Jack Gatling leaving the train, was he like, yes. what was his, was he running? Was he, did it look like he was fleeing? Was he just getting a cup of coffee? He looks like he was running to the telegraph office. He was running. I mean, not like he was being chased, but getting there quickly. Now, you only got thirty minutes. Remember, everyone, that I told um, Jack that I have the possibility of just like making his career. Yeah, he may be telegramming uh, his magazine, his editor. He could be telling someone, "I've got a really big story." So, him running away. Uh, like, like, I believe that I've narrowed him down. In fact, I'm making a list now, and I'm going through. Because uh, in the last episode, me and Dr. Keith discussed that we, we, we kind of narrowed down our suspect list. I don't know if you remember that, Dr. Keith. Yes, yes, we did, yes. But, but we, we began narrowing down, um, which brings me to something that I thought about over the kind of break that we had Um all right, I'm stuck. Uh, I feel as have sort of a uh, a situation where it, it's it's like all right, and I think that in my opinion we should maybe approach everyone from the far trip because, as Tom said. The Calais car will eventually be split off, and it'll just be everyone going to London who's on the train at that point. And I think at that point, we need to get everyone together and say, okay, someone here is trying to kill another human being. Which one of us is it? Turn to everybody that someone is doing something and kind of narrow down the suspect list. Just make it known, make it apparent towards the end. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that my, my three principal suspects at the moment are the three people in single rooms. And, and, uh, and, and that's something that, uh, that I'm going through now. I'm, I'm writing down everyone in, uh, in the rooms. I'm eliminating people so that way later throughout this we can kind of discuss and narrow down our suspect list because I don't think it's Jack was that Macriot killed someone on the train, dumped their body, and then took their form, because that's why we're not seeing the train conductor, because he was, or the, the, the person who was in charge of our car. He was originally that person. He caught on to that. He had to get rid, he had to dispose of his new, his old appearance to get a new appearance. He, there can't be a copy walking around, so he has to kill that person, throw them off the train. So... And, and and if what I heard was correct, someone was something was thrown off the train. I think it was a body. Jack could not have been that body. I was in his room. Um, Elizabeth was in her room. Mm -hmm. So it's not whoever was with Elizabeth. 
Uh, Luigi was stabbed, so it couldn't have been him. He was taken off the train. So it was just, it's just, uh, it's just. Hawkins, I believe, wasn't in, in the room with um, Sir Robert Harrow when that happened. True. So, so I'd have uh, Sir Robert Harrow as a kind of tier two suspect, but my, my three main ones would be uh, Margrave, La Donna Margarita del Delga, Delgada, and Kiyoshi Nakamura. Yeah, and we just need, we, bless you, we just need a way to narrow down um, our suspect list, uh, kind of out of character um, to, to everyone, all of the other players. Um, have you played the game Werewolf? Yes. Okay. I enjoy the game very much. Okay. Excluding Tom, does anybody else know how to play the game, what the game is? I've only just heard of it, so I have a rough idea. So the game is essentially the thing, okay? Someone in the room is a werewolf. And each night, the werewolf, uh, when everyone's asleep, you close your eyes, the werewolf wakes up and picks one person who dies. And then the game just keeps going from there and there until the <coughs> werewolf. So think of it like that. And the other people have to figure out who the werewolf is. Yeah. Oh, I know it, but uh, I know it under the name of uh, Murder in the Dark. Yeah. It's, yeah, same, same idea. Same idea. And, and this is that situation. Is all we need to do is just oh. systematically <clears throat> narrow down our suspects. I, I don't want to complicate things even more, but my, you know, what I was thinking is that one of these people might also be working alongside of uh, of our guy. So I'm still I still want to be cautious of everyone here. I don't want to sit back and I mean yeah, I don't want to sit back and just write them off and say hey you know these guys are are not part of it. I want yeah. to more or less. Even if we can kind of breathe a little easier, saying, okay, this isn't who we're, we think it is, I still want to just approach that as um, they still might be involved some way, somehow. Yeah, it, it is a cult. <clears throat> right. I'm in the same boat. And, and there's nothing like, I think we all agree at some point it was a meal. So, yeah, it was a meal. It was 100% a meal, and a meal is now gone. Right. So at that point, everybody in our car was innocent. So now it's a matter of, even though we might narrow it down, to, like we've cleared Jack pretty much at this point, but there's nothing that would say that Emil or whoever the, the next person, Jack could be the next person that he takes over. So, now, but on the cult thing, I want to, I want to, because I brought this up in the last episode. Remember that it is not Makriot's goal to take control of the cult. In fact, the cult barely exists after the death of his father. Uh, Macriot well, just cares about getting the simulacrum, and he has that. Well, it may barely exist, and he may not care about them, but he can still use them. They're still expendable to him. So, all I'm saying here is just uh, approach with caution. I will give you one thing if you if if somebody makes a a, a hard uh, intelligence roll. 
good heart. I have made an extreme. Okay. No, I didn't. Considering considering the events that occurred a few days ago, there's no reason at all for Makriot to have anticipated anybody like you getting on the train. It should have been just a simple trip back to England with no complications whatsoever. You guys were locked up in a in a tower. So so he's very much playing it by ear. Like some form of murderous jazz riff. <laughs> I picture Dr. Keith saying that in a very film noir. Uh, rain With shadows there. half on her face. Yeah, the rain like hitting the window. Some form of murderous jazz riff. <laughs> Just a little bit of, of tinkly light on her beard. morning she'd still have curlers in her bed at least i do until about 10 o'clock in the morning but <clears throat> i'm assuming she would as well all right so uh i asked a question were any of you going to get off the train while you're in sophia well i i, I kind of like dr Belkin's idea of maybe seeing if we, if we can find our chunks in the we're done hmm all right. Um, is that what you're going to do? One, then? one of us should stay in the uh, in the salon, though. And uh, I I will elect to uh, do that, and, uh, and 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 I shall guard this uh, this bottle of brandy while I'm doing it. Well, uh, while you're in there, uh, the rest of you head up towards the foregone, but. You very quickly learned that because of certain incidents that have been going on on the train so far, the security is fairly high, and they don't want anybody, you know, getting to their packages unless it's absolutely <clears throat> necessary. Um, they would have to, you know, rearrange things and find your cases and bring them to you and all that. And at this point, unless you're getting off in Sophia, it's really impractical. All right, I, I'm not going to make a big deal or a fuss about it. So, and once they, they tell us that, then. Okay. Um, but Doctor, I, will, I, I will say that um, after that, I'll, I'm not going to go into, you know, far from the train, but I will go out and sort of get a breath of fresh air and look okay. around. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's get back to the second thing. Uh, Dr. Elizabeth, you see, uh, you see Dr. Dawkins step off the train and. I don't know if your characters smoke or not, but you might. I don't know. Yes, yes. Elizabeth uh, smokes a pipe. Um, so, Dr. Elizabeth, as you're sitting there in the salon, um, oh, what the hell's his name? Um, Lord Margrave. Um, he comes in, and um, almost all of these people you have observed now for a day and a half. And Margrave's actions, he seems different. Uh, he's usually 
very smooth, high, you know, high cultured. Um, but he comes in, he seems a little, I don't know. I'd say that, uh, he doesn't seem as calm and composed as he normally is. And he walks over to the bar and, uh, immediately orders a, a stiff drink of some sort and uh, just sits there leaning on the bar and he actually you know, knocks it back. Hmm. I'm going uh, to um, just discreetly keep an eye on him for a moment. Well, actually, I don't think you, I think you should go and talk with him. Margrave was one of the prime suspects of your online list. And with him seeming different, that puts him at the top. Eldridge is yelling that at you from the front. Oh, right. No, <laughs> yes, you're right. You are quite right. I had him confused with Henri Matthew. No, no, no. I'm just he reminding you. Yeah, no, right. Yes. A little voice in the back of my head. Sounds sick. It's got a cold. Everybody's got colds except me. Or <laughs> I think Jeff has a cold. In that case, yes, I'm, I'm going to, um, I believe the uh, the correct term would be sachet over to the bar. All right. I will, I will um, order something which takes uh, a while to make. Um, a white lady, that takes a while to make, doesn't it? Okay. The egg and things. So you're standing there, and he seems, I guess you could say, like a little agitated. As if he's upset about something. But he doesn't say anything to you. Pardon me, do you have any, any idea how long we're, uh, we'll be here? What the mm. train is I believe that we're going to be leaving in... Uh, about 15 minutes. Tell me something, ma'am. Have you ever been married? Me? No, no. I've, I've, uh, I've never had that particular pleasure. Have you ever had an affaire de cour? Uh, well, um, something comparable, yes. Well, the one thing I've never been able to figure out is your gender. <laughs> and he knocks back another drink. And he says, excuse me. And he uh, he gets up and he walks out of the room rather abruptly. Well, I never. He's hardly a charismatic gentleman, is he? Is that a crack on you? Why, I order. <laughs> mm. well, in that case, I'll take my white lady. I should order the Brandy Alexander. <laughs> um, I'll take my white lady and um, I will return to my table. All right. Um, Dr. Dawkins. 
you have from the time when you stepped out of the 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 train car you have about 20 minutes um it's cold it's chilly there's snow on the ground uh uh, this is actually a rather lovely part of the city. So you can see men, uh, uh, spires of churches and stuff in the distance and and quaint buildings. Uh, you know, it's a big city, so it's a, it's a modern city by comparison. But um, there's trees planted around and, and places and, uh, uh, of course, the train station's there. But you can walk up and down the... The train, uh, uh, the the platform, and as you are nearing the end of the platform and about to turn back around, you hear steps on the platform coming up behind you. Do a luck roll. No, no, no. I got a 92. Well, just as you hear this, you turn just in time to see a rather uh, second-class individual uh, coming up, and he's got a knife in his hand. And just as you turn, he's going to attempt to stab you. And he misses. You're lucky. <laughs> You're luckier than your luck roll. Um, he goes to stab you, but he kind of gets caught on your ja your coat. Okay. What would you like to do? I'd like to rearrange his face with my, my medical equipment. Okay. But now I will... Um... <clears throat> I will, I guess, get, get into more or less like a defensive posture. Um, next okay. time he attacks, I want to try to... Well, he's like right up on you, so... Okay, okay, so then I'm going to try to, um, I guess, grapple his arm while okay. I will yell out loud, I'm being attacked! All right. And I didn't pass that. I got a 53 out of a 27. Okay, so you start stumbling around with him on the platform. He also doesn't land at Landa hit. Can, um, I, can I, from my um, vantage point in the salon, can I, can I hear Dr. Dawkins? Yes, you hear it. And in fact, he's... Now, you were sort of looking, you know, towards the platform... And Dr. Dawkins, he just walked past you, and he's down here. But when you hear it, you look back, and you see he's struggling with somebody. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rush out. Um, a few other people on the, on the platform uh, see what's going on, and a couple of gentlemen you know, start heading towards Dr. Dawkins to assist, as gentlemen would. Um, uh, this guy's going to try to stab you again. Uh, what would you like to do to counter? Um, you can attack or dodge. I'm going to try to dodge. Because my dodge is just as bad as my, my attack. So, Ooh, But I got a no six. Okay. Um, 
he thrusts at you. And as he does, um, you can tell that his his knife has like slashed into the sleeve of your your coat and it scratched your skin. But at the same time, you sort of twist out of the way and give me a luck roll. And if you make it. I got it. Yeah, I made that one. Okay, you, you throw him... <laughs> You throw him off the end of the platform. Okay. So in a rather eloquent move, you spin and throw him, and he just goes off the end of the platform. But he's cut your arm. Um, the, the other gentlemen who are on the platform come running up, and they, they grab you to keep you from falling off the platform. And as you're all sort of looking down at the guy, he scrambles off into the bushes and runs away. I say, what's happened, sir? You've been attacked by a brigand. Yeah, some ruffian. But that was, uh, I had to demonstrate my, my good British martial arts. I say, good. rather. <laughs> um, I'm gonna... You're 99% sure that this is one of the people that got on the train. Okay. Um, earlier. Earlier? Okay. <clears throat> He got on the train from here. No, he's one of the people that got on that you were pretty sure that Macriot had asked for. Okay. Um, I'm going to um, excuse myself, and then I'm going to head back to my room. I'm going to look at my scratch. I, I guess I should also say that he was probably Turkish. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right. So you're going to go back to your room. Uh, what are the the rest of you have now rejoined? Have you? I, I assume you've rejoined Doctor Elizabeth, and okay. she's probably told you what she's just what she's seeing out the window. So. Indeed, I think the man was some some sort of um, free thinking anarchist or some such. Turkish man with a knife. Yes. Well. Uh, yes. I think that uh, that screams mock agent of Macriot. It certainly does, especially if it's one of the chaps who got on the, the train. Question is, is he the man who stabbed Luigi? Because if the same, around the same time everyone was coming on board, Luigi got stabbed. Uh, Luigi was stabbed before the stop where you saw the people get on. I'm just kidding. We have eliminated that. Which means that Macriot stabbed him. Yeah. That also makes sense because Macriot would have probably had a key to your cabins. Which means he still has a key. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, dear. Okay. Well... I've uh, begun taking notes of everything. You've just now begun taking notes. <laughs> well, I've uh, I had a, a, a list of possible suspects, but now I'm I'm expanding that, um, basing them into tiers. My top three right now are 
Lord Margrave, LaDonna, and then uh, Nakamura. Those are, those are my, my main focuses with Amumu uh, 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 and uh, Gronig, and then Harrow as my second tier, because Harrow was alone when the body was dropped, and now he's alone in a room. Because Dawkins switched rooms to be with Frank, leaving Harrow alone in his room. So uh, that's pretty suspect. Well, so and then oh, so, go ahead. forgive me, Eldridge, because I don't think any of them are suspects at this point. You know what I mean? Explain. Well, we we pretty much. We pretty much have figured out that Emil was Macriot. But we also know that a body was dropped off the train after Emil was spotted. Okay, I see. That was close. That was close enough that I heard it in my cabin, which means it had to be within our car, within the car above us, or the car below us. So you're thinking sure at that, that point like, it was Emil then ditching. See, I thought that was Macriot ditching Emil's body. No. You're thinking no. it was him ditching one of the other bodies. Yeah, I think that Emil was before the train even got rolling. I think mm -hmm. I th I don't think that he has that. Uh, all right, this is this is a theory I that I've written down. I don't think that Macriot had a ticket. Um, I because the, the the train was basically sold out, and if he bought a ticket, he'd have to show credentials and everything like that. So I don't think that Macriot bought a ticket. I think that he took the role of a staff member to get on board the train, undetected. Okay. And now he is he's assuming so so that was before the train even began. Now that Dawkins spotted a meal. He had to dump a new body. He had to assume a new role. Uh, and it's someone within our car or a car above or below us. But I think it's someone in our car because it's the it's the surefire way of getting straight to London. Because everyone on this train, on this car, is going right to London. Um, and, like, and, and as me and Keith discussed last episode, um, people in individual rooms are pretty suspect. And that was Lord Margrave, Madonna, Nakamura, and Harrow. And Luigi. But then Luigi was eliminated. He got stabbed, so he's gone. So that leaves four. Four people in a, in a room when I heard a body drop. Which, so, and I, now, there also is, uh, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, it's Matthew and Emanuela. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that they're suspects. Um, here's why. They're a couple. If Macriot killed one of them, the other one would know. Hmm. I'd agree with that. Um, I've also um, I've also written down that uh, an agent of Macriot tries to kill Dawkins. Turkish man with knife. Does this mean resources are limited? Surprised him on this train ride. He had to call in help. Is this all the help that he could get? 
two Turkish guys and a knife. Hmm. Isn't Gronig meant to have been? Well, didn't Jack say something about Gronig having an affair with um, Emanuela? I believe that was actually Lord Margrave, and that's why I'm thinking of crossing him off the top suspect list because he seemed different. You then talked to him, and he said, "Have you ever an affair?" And blah blah blah. I think that he was slighted by Emanuela. And that disappointed him. Yeah, I find it. I find it hard to believe that that Macriart would would draw attention to himself by by turning up in the bar. Well, not like only that. not only that, but his his personality was different. He was still talking about oh an affair and uh, blah 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 women, and that seems kind of like him. I just think that he was slighted by Emanuela. I think that if pressed. Uh, either Emmanuel or Margrave will say, yeah, and it, didn't, it did not happen. Now, the best way to uh, not be seen is to just not say anything. Nakamura and uh, uh, Amumu have not said anything. Hmm. Um, they have not made their presence really known to us in any way. Um, which makes Nakamura now the top of my list, replacing Lord Margrave. But that's just... Um, let me add that all of these people on the list, everybody, you, you see them every time you have a meal, and they're in the room. Okay, because everybody eats in the same place. So whether you've had any interaction with them or not, that's that's you just you haven't had any interaction with uh, Gronig or uh, Amumu Haddad. Don't forget Amumu. Oh no, I, I did say that because because uh, um, Amumu, Amumu hasn't he hasn't really spoken. Right, he seems to be to himself. Yeah, much like Nakamura is to himself. That could be because they are foreigners um, or because it's Makriat. Let me ask you a question. This is GM correcting. Um, the affair with Emanuela, how did you know about that? Did Gatling um, tell you? Gatling yeah. told us that Margrave and Emanuela were having, well, that, that he was trying for an affair. Trying. Okay. Let me correct you. All right. What 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 Gatling would have told you is that he saw Emanuela coming out of, or was it one of you who saw this coming out of Gronig's cabin and going to the bathroom and then going back into her own. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. So it's not it's not Margrave. It's Gronig that she's having the affair with. He's hot. He's young still, hot. still though. Um, um, well, wait to continue. Okay. Um, Margrave, uh, though Margrave has one room and uh, Ladonna Margarita has another room. The rumor is is that there's something going on there. All right. So, 
but which, but that just that just further narrows down my 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 list to Amumu and Nakamura because, um, uh, well, not not really in my head it does, but not in reality, um, because Emmanuel and Gronig, I mean, if the, if they're together and they've been together on this trip, then much like Emmanuel and, and Matthew, they would have known if one of their personalities changed drastically. Uh, Lord Margrave and LaDonna, it's now, well, but now it's possible that LaDonna was changed because she, it's possible that she rebuffed Margrave because she is in fact Macriat. She rebuffed him or Macriat rebuffed him. This is what is disappointing him because he thought, oh, we're together, this is going well. She's now rebuffed him. He's confused and upset. And Madonna was in her own room alone when the body dropped. Let me interrupt for just a moment. Uh, Dr. Okay. Dr. Dawkins, um, the staff, especially the 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 chief of uh, the train, the chef to train, he is with you. He's like, oh my goodness, you were injured. I'm so sorry that you were attacked. Blah blah blah. But eventually, they leave you alone. You you obviously went back to your uh, your room to yeah clean up. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm particularly looking <clears throat> to see if I've been poisoned. It doesn't look like there's any kind of poison. I will no, no particular redness or anything like that. It's I will fix it up with my, uh, my instrument. Okay, that'll fix your uh, your body. It won't fix your clothes. <laughs> but you've got other clothes. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to add that in there. I'm sorry. Go, we can go back now to. Okay. So, Macriot takes over Ladonna's body because uh, we why suspect a woman? Honestly, it, 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 it's it's more common for uh, for people to assume the guilt of a man rather than the woman. So, takes over her. She is Macriot. Macriot is a man who probably doesn't want to sleep with Margrave. Rebuffs him. He is confused and upset. So, I'm now kind of I'm I'm looking at. Not Maka, uh, Nakamura, but LaDonna as my lead. She was already at the top of my list. She just made it to the first spot. I'm just imagining a little bit later on tonight, we're going to hear a story about Thomas in his bedroom, drugged out on NyQuil and cough medicine with little pictures and red yarn strings going. Oh, that's, that's already in here. I've had dreams, man. You, you, you take NyQuil and then, you know, you, 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 you drink three beers and then, and then you start going. Then it then all you, makes sense. Then it all makes sense. You get the bigger picture that way. <laughs> as, um, as you guys are sitting here discussing this, um, and uh, you also have been apologized to, you know, for people attacking, being attacked, one of your party being attacked on the, on the platform. Uh, the train's ready to depart. So you've seen everybody get back on the train. Tom, yeah. what can you tell me about 
Madonna? What do we already know? It's been a while since we've actually like interacted with her. What what do we know about her? Um, you know that she's a Spanish aristocrat. Um, she's very pretty. Um, not really much more than that. Have, has any of us talked to her? Probably not. She, uh, you guys have been hanging around with Gatling and like any other aristocrat, especially one that might be sleeping with Mr. Another aristocrat, they aren't going to talk to anybody who's associated with that man who's just a tabloid reporter, you know. There's definite prejudice against Gatling. Okay. On this train. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a tabloid writer. However, to add to that, if there's anybody who knows anything about anybody on this train, it's Jack Catling. <laughs> Which is also true. But if we can't talk to LaDonna, maybe we can talk to Margaret. Just eliminate him as a suspect while also reinforcing LaDonna as a suspect. Because Keith's right. Um, four people were alone in their rooms uh, the night the body dropped. Um, and to me, I don't think that Harrow uh, would have done it. Because uh, it should be pointed out that if it had been done in Dawkins' room, there would be blood. Like, let's not, let's, let's remember that it requires him to literally put skin on him. Uh, it requires him to murder someone if he doesn't need to wear their skin. It requires him to literally murder somebody, which would mean blood. Um, and Dawkins didn't see blood in Harrow's room. Um, so there's technically three suspects. Margrave, Donna, Nakamura. Who have their own personal rooms, or alone that night. So I think that Keith's right. I think those are the three. And I think, and in my opinion, Madonna is top of the list because if she, all of a sudden, is rebuffing Margaret, that doesn't make sense. So, what would you like to do? The train starts to go. I'm gonna drink some tea. Well, I I think I'm muted. No, I'm not. No, um, not. I I think that um, that leaves us with uh, La Donna Margarita and uh, Kiyoshi Nakamura that we need to uh, sound out. Agreed. Well. Now there the is no also. One's, I can't remember even seeing that woman around. Neither do I. Now, uh, I, I mean, there is also Gronig, but um, the way that I was thinking of narrowing him out was talking, speaking German to him. But I think that uh, Macriot is well learned enough to speak. I think the third or fourth largest language in Europe at the time. Could be the third, English, French, and then German. Maybe, maybe Italian's third and German's fourth. But at the at in 1920, 
Um, but so that wouldn't work. Um, but if Gronig and Emanuela are together, then one of them would sense that, oh, they're, they're completely different. We would have a Margrave situation where they're a completely different person now. So I think that we can eliminate Gronig. Uh, Amumu is too too obvious. Hmm. No, I suppose not. Yeah, you thought you thought the same thing. I think that's too mm. obvious. Like, why would a Turkish man just appear as a Egyptian man? Um, I think that he picked Ladonna because she was alone and she is a woman. So I, I agree. I think that we should kind of not so much grill, but kind of look at the uh, the circumstances behind Ladonna. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Let's lightly toast them. Let's lightly toast them. Let's put them in the toaster and see what comes out. Well, as the train settles into a steady speed, um, the first person of other than you that enters the salon is uh, Nakamura. Um. He walks very precisely uh, to the table that he tends to like to sit at. Uh, it's the last table. It's uh, His back is to the wall so that he can observe the entire car. Uh, and uh, he sits quietly and he turns and, and he's just got his head looking out the window. Um, expressionless. Who would um, like to go talk to him? <laughs> I've done a lot of talking, so uh, I'll leave that up to one of you guys. <laughs> no one? No one wants to talk to him. <laughs> who's, who's in there with him? Nobody's. Nobody's there with him. No, um, where, where is this taking place? In the, in the salon. In the salon car. Yeah. Okay. The other waiter approaches him and asks him something, and he says something back. And a few minutes later, they bring him a glass of water. A bottle. A bottle of water. Ooh. I can't think of any reason to approach. Well, I, I, I would, but I'm concerned that um, uh, a, a woman approaching a, a, um, a Japanese man on a train in, in the 1920s wouldn't really be the done thing, would it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. I can, I, I, I've got something. So uh, I'll, I'll, I will, Tom, I will approach, but I will sit at a table adjacent to his. Um, and I do have, uh, I do have a book. Uh, it's a manuscript from Arkham. Okay. Um, so, so I'm just going to, uh, 
I'm just going to sit down and I'm just going to open up and I'm going to read about the, the, the top paragraph of the page I'm open to. Okay. Um, I'm going to assume that he doesn't do anything, that he's just kind of staring out. Yes, he seems just focused on looking out the train. All right. Um, to which I will... I'll read the top paragraph. I'm going to... I'm going to scoff at what I'm reading. Okay. And make it make it make it very audible. And out of the periphery, do I see him react, or is he in his own little world? Do a spot hidden. I will do a spot hidden. Fifty-eight. That's a pass. Um. You have the distinct feeling that he is aware of your presence. That he heard what you, the noise you made, but he continues to focus on what he is doing. So you saw maybe the slightest twitch of facial expression when you made a noise. That's fine. As long as he's not in his own little zone, um, I am going to uh, kind of put down the manuscript. Uh, and I'm going to look over at, at him. Not, like, not put it down, like close it, but just kind of lean it down. And I'm going to look over at him and uh, I'm going to say, uh, excuse me. And he, he turns towards you. Yes. And I, and I say, you look like a, like a very well-read, a very well-read man. And that, is that a safe assumption to make? I have read quite a few books in English. He has actually a British accent, it sounds like. He's a British accent. Okay. Um, I'm going to Japanese British. I don't know. <laughs> kind of like he's a, obviously he obviously sounds educated. Okay. Um, I am going to kind of um, put my thumb in between the pages, close it, and pass him the manuscript. I'm going to say, "Do you mind reading the top paragraph and just kind of giving me your thoughts?" I should mention that by this time. Other people are coming into the salon. It's totally so fine. Let's assume that other people are in. That's fine. Um, he's, he says, I beg your pardon. I'm just, uh, I'm just wondering if I can get a second pair of eyes on this. I, I'm, a, I'm an editor, and I kind of turn myself towards him a little bit. Um, I'm an editor from the United States, and it's usually I have with me a, a writer's assistant, but on here I, I don't really have one. Uh, and and usually uh, they're very well read and they've read well quite a bit. And usually might be the only type of person who I would come to in this situation. Um, everyone well, else not, on here. I'm I'm not sure that I'm that kind of person, but uh, I'll indulge you. And he opens up the book, and uh, he reads it to you. Has good pronunciation. You definitely can hear a sort of Japanese accent. Well, and I say I don't need you to read it to me. I'm just, you know, I want your thoughts on it. Um, I'm afraid I don't know anything about the editing business. I, uh, I'm not exactly sure what to say. Well, in my opinion, this, and I uh, kind of tap um, the page. It's just, it's terrible. The fact that this was sent to a publishing house and a publisher is actually actually taking it seriously is 
kind of an insult to art. Do a, um, a spot hidden for me once again. I will do a spot hidden for you. Other people time. are coming into the, the salon and sitting down. Did you pass? I did. Um, as you are saying what you just said, uh, there's a moment where uh, his attention, it, I mean, you, you know human psychology, there's a moment where he's not listening to you. It's just sort of going like this over his head. But he's definitely looking past you at somebody who came into the room. And then he turns his attention back towards you. And he says, well, I, I really couldn't say. And he, he folds the book back up and hands it back to you. And I, and I, I take it. Um, and I kind of tuck it under my arm. And I say, uh, well, I, I, was like, I, I say, attention was grabbed elsewhere. And I kind of look to the people in the room. It's all of it. It says, uh, no, no, uh, if you'll excuse me. And he stands up, and uh, it was very nice chatting with you. And he walks out. Okay. Um, who else is in the room? Um, by this time... <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh... As you were having your conversation, um, uh, what's the book, by the way, that you have? You uh, something up or... Yeah, uh, let's. It's uh, the Automist. It's a dystopian future uh, that was written by a Chinese uh, immigrant to San Francisco. Uh, he's written a book and he sent it into Titan Publishing, and its English is not particularly good i called it drek okay um what's the name of the author <laughs> uh may lin m-e-l-i-n okay um uh for a few moments of your conversation uh, setting across from you where you had originally sat, um, uh, Amumu Haddad uh, sits down, and as uh, Nakamura gets up and walks away, uh, Haddad looks over at you and he gives you a, an oddly big smile, you know, like like this, and he says, "I have never heard of uh, Mei Lin." Uh, but uh, I have read quite a few books as well. So I'll turn my attention to him. And I say, you have. Oh, yes. I am a missing page. Where are you? He's a, his name is a whole page? He says, uh, I am a, uh, an Egyptian scholar, my friend. Um, I uh, raise an eyebrow, and I, and, I, and I step away from my table, and I'm going to make a move towards his. And I say, really, I heard that, uh, that you, were, uh, you were into the antiques. That's what 
I heard. Yes, I do deal in the antiques, but I also do a great deal of research. Really? And so I, I sit down at uh, a table. Um, I say, well, your English is uh, it's, it's rather good. Um, oh, thank you. Did you study? So is, in, so is yours. Uh, I smile and I say, uh, did you study in England? In Alexandria. Oh. Um, I said, well, uh, I don't know if uh, if you'll be able to read this, and I, I tap uh, tap uh, tap the manuscript. It's 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 barely understandable. Uh, well, in the most polite way possible. He he takes the book and uh, opens it up and uh, looks at it, and he has a rather funny expression on his face, and he says, uh, he says, yes, uh, whoever wrote this does not have a very good command of the English language. Uh, it is, must be rather difficult. Perhaps, uh, uh, did I hear you say you were an editor? I it am. Needs, it needs a great deal of editing. Which is a, which is a problem with something like this. You see, because it doesn't have the command of English, uh, I am going to be, I'm going to need to have to, uh, sort of pick up the pieces of this. There's not that visual, uh, the, the commanding visual from the words on the page. It's just, it, it's, it's fragmented. Um, and I take the, the manuscript back to me. I say, if, uh, if Maylin uh, had a better command of English, I think that this could be told very, very, very well. But even, but even the thought that a publisher um, could accept this manuscript and then hand it off to an editor is simply insulting. It, the, the author needs to put more it work into up, it. It brings up a question I would uh, like to ask you then. Hmm. Um, my question would be this. If, if you, as an editor, were to turn this manuscript into something that would be published and be readable... Is it really Mei Ling's manuscript any longer, or is it yours? What right does she have to put it, her name on the book? Exactly, and that is it's, why... It's the old paradox about uh, the ship, you know? If one has a ship and one replaces a part, and then another part, and then another part, and after a number of years you've replaced all of the parts on the ship, is it still the same ship? Uh, and I smile ahead at him, and I say, "This is you're 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 right about that." And that's why I really don't think that I should edit this, because uh, while it is insulting that a publisher would hand this to me and say, "Just fix it," um, I also feel a little uncomfortable with the fact that they're handing me this and saying, "Here are all the pieces. Now you put it together. It'd be completely different." It would not be the vision of the author. The author's the artist. I'm just there to make sure that it's framed nicely. Yes, you could say that the outside cover would reflect one thing, while the inside material would be something entirely different. I lean back in my chair as I contemplate the character that I'm playing, because um, I'm Eldritch, and Eldritch is good with people. Um... And I, and I lean back in my chair, and I say, so what about you? What kind of 
antiques do you deal with? Oh, uh, most of mine are antiquities from Egypt. That's so. You've probably seen many things of a similar vein in the British Library. Oh, yes. Uh, Egyptology is quite big in America and uh, England right now. In fact, in America, we're, we're kind of basing an entire uh, architectural period on, uh, on your culture. Kind of just oh, yes, I believe you, you call it Art Deco, yes. Uh, yes, we're just kind of taking bits and pieces. Now, you yourself are American. Uh, I, I, I chuckle at that. I believe some of your companions, though, are English, yes? Well, technically, I'm Russian. Ah, are you Russian? Ah, I see. Uh, I'm not. In any case, I've always wanted to ask the British when they are planning on returning all of the Egyptian artifacts that they stole from our country. Uh, I smile and I say, well, much like the Turks who tried taking land from Russia, um, I don't think that uh, they'll be giving it back anytime soon. Huh. Well, one could argue that the Turks and the Russians are very close together. The British and the Egyptians are not. Which is uh, just sad that they think that they can just come in and take what's theirs. But uh, such is the imperial hegemon that is, or the, uh, the, the imperial monolith, really, that is the British Empire right now. Um, so you deal a lot with... Uh, Egypt. I've actually done some extensive research on, um, I kind of chuckle and smile, on occultic artifacts from Egypt. Oh, very good. I also, of course, have a great uh, deal of knowledge about most of the Middle Eastern artifacts. Oh, so you, you're familiar with uh, Saudi Arabia and even uh, Jordan? Uh, yes, and yes. Petra, I, I say, Petra was found, I'm pretty sure. Petra was found. As I raise an eyebrow, I think Petra was found in 1920, around that time. I I, I am very interested in the, as you say, the occult, uh, the the mythical backgrounds to many of the stories and uh, and much of the lore that goes along with uh, various places. Of course, some of it is real and some of it is made up, um, but most of it is based on fact. There have been very many strange things. You know, the ideas of magic and, uh, and uh, the communication with uh, the deities. I mean, most religions, most religions that I can think of, spring out of the Middle East. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, you look, at, uh, you look at the Jews, you look at the Christians, you look at uh, Islam, you look at, uh, at Zoroastrianism. They all stem from... Which... And they all seem to have, in one way or another, emulated one another. Uh, they all have very strong similarities. Even the Egyptians with their multiple gods, and the uh, Abrahamic uh, uh, religions with their single gods. Oh yes, I mean they're, not, they're a crossovers. I mean yes, and, and you can tell. I mean uh, the uh, uh, oh my god. The, yeah. the Epic of Gilgamesh is literally, I mean, the, the Old Testament is verbatim 
at least uh, like the Garden of Eden. Uh, well, very similar, yes. Yeah, I mean, because it was all oral in that region, and they just tweaked some differences. They tweaked some things. There was a flood. There was a flood. There was a great garden over here. There was a garden that we stemmed from. And they're always, they are all replete with uh, um, priests and saints and wizards and uh, sorcerers with power. And, uh, and this is very common in many of these religions. So, I can't believe I'm going to make this leap. So tell me, uh, I'm gonna, are you familiar with Turkish artifacts? Uh, somewhat. There's, there's definitely, I mean, I have a smattering of knowledge of everything. I lean in, like what I'm about to say is uh, forbidden. And I say, uh, are you familiar with Sedevkar? Sedevkar was a Turkish sorcerer of some sort. Uh, is that uh, maybe 11th century? That's correct. And if you're familiar with Sedevkar, then are you familiar with the Sedevkar simulacrum? That's a uh, some sort of a magical suit of armor or statue of some sort uh vaguely vaguely well i've just heard rumors in the uh in the underbelly that he exists huh. one always hears these sorts of things but you know it's uh very unlikely well, so you don't believe that it could exist well, whether it could exist or whether it is simply, uh, I doubt it seriously. Magical suits of armor are not also uncommon in, in various things. Magical blades that, uh, that can cut through everything. Uh, uh, even uh, other cultures, such as the uh, Asians, such as the cultures of your friend uh, who left, they have tales of magical blades and suits of armor. It's... That's common. I understand probably, that. Uh, probably not true. So you're in a room with uh, that German fellow. Mr. Gronig, yes. He's yeah. very pleasant. Very, very likable sort of fellow. You know, uh, it's been going about the train that uh, someone saw Emanuela in your room. Oh, see. We as men should be discreet about such things going well, on. Well, that's why it's it's just you and me. I'm not broadcasting it to the whole room. We've all noticed that you're with that uh, that reporter quite a bit. Uh, yeah, I well, don't think that it's discreet that I would reveal or deny any such thing that's going on. I'd like to make a persuade rule, um, with the persuade being I lean in and I say... Let me tell you, uh, I'm a, a man to man. Gatling is an annoyance. He pesters me. Day in, I, as soon as I told him I was an editor, he's been clinging to me like a parasite does to the intestinal tract. Well, he does seem rather affable. Oh. He's 
smart, but uh, annoying. And uh, and he's a tabloid author. He's not a real journalist. All the more reason. Not. All the more reason why I must show some discretion in discussing such things uh, with an acquaintance of his. Uh, I do have a, I have another question for you. However, I've yes. I've wondered this for a few day for for the last day and a half. I I'm rather. I'm rather shy myself in approaching people, but is that um, is that Dr. Elizabeth Keith? Yes, it is Dr. Elizabeth Keith. I thought so. I've read her book. Um, so she's a very, very intelligent woman. Yes. Is she, is she your companion, longtime companion? I mean, I, 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 I laugh. I say, uh, not not long time companion or anything in that sense, but we're 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 we've been through a lot together. I see. If 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 it's not too much trouble at some point, I should like very much to meet her. Well, um, I think I could actually introduce you. Oh my! I give a I give a, a smile. Um, I say, what, what about her struck you? Was it what, what about her work? Um, uh, she's a very interesting source of information. Uh, one research to another. She does have a particular view of things. At this point, um, unless you have something specific, Let's assume that what happens is uh, you, you introduce him to the group, um, Dr. Elizabeth, and you have a very intelligent conversation. He obviously, he obviously isn't Macriot. He can hold his own on a, in a conversation concerning uh, just about any antiquity subject that you could come up with. Um, he is a as a a, a a very good source of information on lore and stuff like that. So those sort of questions, he might actually be able to answer them. The very fact that he knew something about the Sedefkar simulacrum. So where was, where was he a month ago? <laughs> so all right. So, I'm just um, I'm just thinking that we can get past that so that okay. we don't turn this all into a philosophical conversation. Um, no, but I thought that was interesting. Um, so so we can 100% rule out a moment. Yeah, and possibly utilize his intelligence at some point. I am going to cross him off of my list. He has been eliminated. Um, right about now, all of that took maybe an hour or so. So right about... And we're we're all we're all back together now, then, aren't we? Yeah, with a move in a salon. With a move, move. Uh, right about uh, twelve forty-eight p.m., you cross the border into the kingdom of Serbs, Croats, and Slovenes. Uh, you are now heading towards, you're heading towards Belgrade, uh, but you won't arrive in Belgrade until until six forty. Uh, till about six, till uh, almost seven o'clock. 
tonight. Um, you're going to be stopping in uh, a, a couple of little places along the way for once again the border guards to get on and get off and stuff like that. Your next stop is at 2, 2, uh, 2.28 p.m. in the afternoon, a couple hours from now. Um, and I can't pronounce it. It's Nice Srevni Krst. K-R-S-T. No vowels in that name. That's just not fair. Um, but it's a short, it's a short stop, maybe uh maybe 20 minutes at that spot. Okay. So I'd like to skip ahead to that point unless there's something else that you would like to talk to a mumu or well I'd quite like to talk to one of the staff actually okay um, want to talk to uh, just a waiter or the brigand yeah, just just a waiter or okay. um, yeah a waiter would be good actually I, I'd just like to really find out if anyone has seen um, la donna margarita delgada at any point um, actually, uh, everybody's in this room at this point, so she's, well, she's over here. there, yeah. And is, is she any with anyone else's in anyone else's company? She's in Margrave's company, but they're not talking. She's she's looking out the window, and he's not talking to her. Um, they seem to be having problems they're not fighting this, but they're having problems at, at this point i'm i'm gonna i'm at this point i'm, I'm nudged by a large dog um at, at this point i'm i'm leaning towards harrow and her as as the two prime suspects Um, particularly now Harrow has been quite sort of arrogant. Yeah, he tends to try to like muscle in on the ladies. Um, has he, he keeps... demonstrated that kind of arrogant behavior since the uh, <laughs> since the um, object we'll call it fell from the train? Yeah, and uh, he he's interested in Helena, she's there also. Um, I'd like you to do a spot hidden on Helena. Thirty-three out of forty-five. Okay. Well, obviously, when Harlow tries anything with Helena, she rebuffs him. Um, but what you notice with your spot hidden is that although. Elena is sitting there with a book in her hand, quietly reading, that she keeps looking around the room like this, you know. Her eyes leave the book every once in a while. And you get the distinct feeling that she's not just reading. She's... She's observing what other people on the train are doing, including you guys. Hmm. 
if if your eyes actually meet her eyes, she smiles pleasantly at you and then goes back to reading her book. So she seems she seems to be like so less than just sort of in, not just interested in what's going on, but but actively um, observing. Is she, it just, is she, she's doing it. I mean, you say that when, when, when we look back at her, she, she um, goes back to her book. Yeah. If, if your eyes meet her while she's doing this, I almost use the word scrutinizing. Does it look like she's, she's um, trying to do this discreetly? Yes. Hmm. And and what is she meant to? Is she meant to be a governess or a translator? What did say? She's a. Where is she? Stop sniffing my shoes. Sorry, that was out of character. You say that to the waiter. <laughs> yes, stop my shoes, you filthy uh, brute. What sort of man are you? Get away, get away. Um, I forget what I said that she was. She was, uh, oh, wait, wait, I have it written down. What the hell? Um, that she's a linguist, a translator. Translator, you know, I don't want to read too much into this, but um, typically in in this in this period, translators tend to tended to get picked up quite a lot for spying work. Um, I'm not sure if that applies to women though. I don't know how many women were spies at the time. Um, Well, I think we've established, haven't we, that that, that, that she isn't Macriant because she was. I was in the room with her when the. Correct. That is gone. correct. So why is she um, so intent on observing everyone on the train? Perhaps there's more to her than meets the eye. I think. So, um, is there anything that you want to do before you get to Niz Srevitkrst, or whatever the name of the place is, how you pronounce it? Um, I'd like to uh, make it known as well that Nakamura was kind of doing the same thing. Um, he spotted someone come into the room, um, and then he up and left. Well, well, of course, there's, there is a. You must bear in mind that there's, there's a great deal of um, political turmoil in this part of the world at the moment. Well, so it seems, yeah. it seems if, if 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 countries were to be sending um, spies or um, just sort of, well, not necessarily spies, but let's call them um, un unofficial observers in, into these regions, discreet unofficial observers. Um, that wouldn't be out, out of character 
although whether whether they do it in the guise of, of young women who, who claim to be translators um, is another matter entirely, but certainly businessmen would be a perfect cover, wouldn't they? It would. I also, um, I didn't get a chance to ask him, but Nakamura had a very distinct blend of Japanese and English. Uh, he, he spoke fluently, so he's not all Japanese. He, he, he can speak both languages, and he has an English accent blended with his natural Japanese accent. I wonder if he speaks German. Uh, German was a very t popular teaching language in Japan. Well, let's I mean, uh, and let's not forget uh, the Shino-Russian conflict. So maybe he knows a little bit of Russian in there too. That would be that would be. That'd be an interesting thing to see if, because uh, I, I believe the Shino-Russian conflict was about two decades ago. Um, I wonder if, if, if when it if it was brought up, oh, he's Russian, there would be um, some kind of cultural response. So that way we can rule them out. Well, I think um, I think there's certainly some level of intrigue about on this train, isn't there? Um, several of these people don't don't appear to be entirely who they first seem to be, which which makes it um, a little more difficult to try and pinpoint who Macriot is, because I think in in a way most of most of the people on this play on on this train seem to have their own. Um, Secrets, don't they? Um, Gatling obviously is going to be furtive because he's a gossip coiner. Um, Harrow appears to be something of an indiscreet womanizer. Yep. Elena Constanza and Gronig, I think, may possibly be spies. What makes you think Gronig is a possible spy? Just purely because he's a businessman. That's that was my. I was sorry. I, I meant uh, Nakamura. Sorry. Oh, Nakamura. Um. Yes. Yeah, we don't know much about uh, Gronig. As no, well. we don't. That's that's a good point. We don't know much about Gronig or um. Uh, La Donna Delgada. Well, it seems like talking to these individuals helps us rule them now. So and they're all they're all present. And they're all present right now. It's lunch, so we have lunch and then dinner uh, to get something out of them. So who well, do we I, talk I to? Say we, we wait until lunch is over. And people have finished eating, and okay. um, then then we start quizzing them. I mean, I'll I'll take the uh, Laguna Margarita Delgado. Um, well. As you guys, lunches are somewhat extravagant. Everything is extravagant on the train. So just about the time that you're finishing lunch and people are, you know, drinking their coffee and that they've they've sort of finished up, the, the train is actually pulling into this uh, um, 
this little place in uh, Serbo-Croatia that I can't pronounce. Um, so a few of them are getting up. Once again, there's a 15, 20-minute chance to stretch your legs. And before you can act, uh, Margrave and LaDonna get up, and she leans over and says something to him. And then she sort of collects her things and starts to head for the, the little stairs going to the platform, and he's right behind her. Okay. They're going to go outside to smoke or something. Good, good God. One, one minute he's knocked back by the other one, and now, now he's, he's after her. Unless, if she was Macriot, he might be attempting to, um, in some way, recruit him into some dealing or other. Um, well, can in, I assume in, in, go, in going out, are they, are they, are, are they going fully out onto the platform or are they? Yes, they're the... going, they're going out. And, uh, if you're looking out the window, you see her sort of take his arm, you know, like a woman does. And they walk down the platform and, uh, you're in a heavily wooded area, so they sort of, they're just casually walking, and they sort of disappear out of your view for a few minutes. And uh, I let's say for five, five or six minutes, they're out of your view. And then you see her... Um, come back rather um, stiffly, if you will. And uh, a second later, he's following behind her. And you can see he's sort of doing this. And she goes up to the, like, somebody who's there. And there's, there's a conversation with one of the staff and all of like that. And within a couple of minutes... <laughs> A taxi cab pulls up, whatever that means in that, that day and age, but a taxi pulls up and she gets in and he sort of goes to say something into the window and she slams the door and the taxi drives off. And you see Margrave, you know, sort of doing this and he looks angry, but he just sort of storms back to the, the train and a second later, he's back in the salon. He goes over and gets himself a, a stiff drink. And you can see a handprint, you know, from being slapped on his face. And he just, he sits there and he orders something, a whiskey or something, and just knocks And, she, and she's gone. And she's gone. She left on a, in a taxi. Without her stuff. She can have it sent. Does this mean that we can eliminate her? I can cross her off my list. Hmm. Now, at the same time, what you notice is Jack Gatling, who saw everything, of course, 
he's going to saunter up to the bar and see if he can get a little info out of uh, Margrave about what just happened, you know. <laughs> well, I think that may end up in fisticuffs. Well, either um, Macriot is playing the part of Lord Margrave perfectly, or it's not him. And if the woman has left the train, then I'm tempted to suggest it's it's not her because she's no longer on the train, and the whole point of being on the train is to get to uh, as London quickly as possible. Time. Yeah. All right. So we cross out. Madonna. All right, she's gone. She's been eliminated. Unless she gets back on the train at some point. Well, we're leaving in, what, 15 minutes? Mm. Yeah, not even that. Maybe five minutes from now. Yeah. Right. So, top of our list is Lord Margrave, Nakamura, uh, Madonna has been eliminated, Amumu has been eliminated, uh, Jack is a question mark, because we don't know if he's been eliminated. Elena is a question mark. Luigi has been eliminated. Leaving us with Hera, Hero, uh, uh, Gronig, and Margrave Nakamura. And yeah, that's it. Uh, like I said, uh, Matthew and Emanuela, they're a couple. It would be kind of noticeable if one of them was no longer the person you married. Hmm. Now, there's also, I mean, there's a question, isn't there? Like, we know that, um, just if you, just humor me on this one. We know that Macria has spent a lot of time in England. He has a shop in Islington. So, given that we hadn't previously spoken to Nakamura, there's not necessarily anything to indicate that the real Nakamura would have been as fluent in English as the Nakamura you met. That is true. So I think he definitely still remains a suspect. Well, hold on. Uh, Jack may have talked to him. We can talk to Jack and kind of see if he talked to him. And if he did, he can tell us if he did speak English. Hmm. What about Frank and Dr. Dawkins? They've been remarkably quiet recently. Yeah, I've I got questions. I wonder if one of them might be Macriot. I've got question marks by them. Um, especially now that they're sharing a room together. That seems a little odd. <clears throat> Meatball sandwich. Meatball um, sandwich, all right, we're good. Well, let's, let's go around the room for a moment. We've got... Uh, let's see. Uh, you have um, Elena Constanza. She's sitting over there reading and observing. At least that's what you've seen. Uh, you see Robert Harlow, who's actually taken the spot across from her, probably in the hopes that he can somehow charm her. Filthy beast. Um, Jack Gatling is sitting at the bar with uh, Margrave, and the observation is, is that you can see Jack occasionally say something to Margrave, and Margrave is at first rather stiff, 
about being talked to by that man. But then, I mean, there's a moment when he sort of, you can see in his shoulders that he's sort of like, like this. And uh, you think for a minute there's going to be fisticuffs, you know. And then you see Jack sort of smile. And uh, and then he sort of goes back to where he was sitting. He leaves. Um, uh, Henry and Emanuela. It seems very clear that Emanuela is sitting in such a way that Gronig can't look at her and she can't look at him. But Henry Henry Matthew, or her husband, Count, Count Debussy, he might have his eyes on Gronig. You know, maybe there's, maybe he's not, dumb about what might be going on. Uh, you've got more Lord Margrave, of course, sitting at the bar. Um, LaDonna's gone, and uh, uh, Kiyoshi uh, Nakamura has left the room. I, uh, Amumu, Amumu is... Actually, I think Amumu is... Is he still sitting with you? Maybe not. Maybe he went back to his seat. No. Now... When, correct me if I'm wrong, if I've imagined this, but when, when we were in the um, the tower, was yes. was there not some some mention of a plot involving the the someone connected with the royal family? Yes. Well, of the potential suspects, the two. Of those that are remaining now that um, La Donna Delgada has left, um, Sir Robert Harrow, a politician, and Lord Mark Michael Margrave, uh, a peer and therefore a member of the House of Lords, would appear to be the, the two people. With, with easiest access to that section of society once they once they return more so Margrave actually then. well and it should be noted that it's not necessarily difficult for Magriat to pose as Haro he didn't necessarily make his uh, his uh, misogyny uh, he didn't do it subtly let's just put it that way hmm it would be very easy for Macriot to just assume that role. Um, Keith, isn't it isn't it common for uh, lords to uh, have very detailed accounts of their genealogical history? Oh, yes, yes, they're obsessed with it. Okay. Um, perhaps that is a trip-up. If they can just easily name all of their family members, then we probably know that it's not them. But if they have to sit there and think of all the terms and all the, these, these names, maybe that's just some way that we can trip them up. 
someone who isn't actually a part of the House of Lords. Hmm. Oh yes, it's um, it's 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 um, it's all very <coughs> anachronistic with its own um, language. And everything. You have to have an understanding of the extent of the knowledge um, that he would have. So perhaps he does know the genealogy of these people. I don't know, or perhaps not. You know, um, it's it's worth a try. Mm. But I wouldn't wouldn't completely trust um, all of that. Like I said, it's, it's good to be a bit paranoid with anything that we do here. Well, you'd think that if Macria has spent time in, in London and his plan is to somehow infiltrate the royal household um, and, and get to someone high-ranking, um, he would have researched that, wouldn't he? Yeah. I, I would. He, he would have researched that in, in, in great depth. But, but how he wouldn't have known that these people on the train would be on the train. Exactly. And you, there, there, there's probably hundreds, if not over a thousand lords and lower royalty. Perhaps, in, but think about how much time he has had to, to plan as well. Again, I well, mean, this is this is his weak link, isn't it? The the train is his weak link. He wasn't planning on having to make a dash on this particular train. So this this is this is the bit where he's he's flying by the seat of his pants, and he doesn't know. He's 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 just playing it by ear. This is this is the weak part of his plan. Once he gets to London. He's then got he everything mapped head. out. He knows exactly where he's going and what he's doing. Yeah, let's remember that his. Why we have to get him on the on the on the on the train? Let's remember that his ultimate plan of stopping us was to get two Turkish guys to st to stab you on the train on the platform. He's, he's, it's not like he's he's meticulously planning this all out. Oh, I think he's I think he's a planner, but it doesn't look like he's very good at thinking on his feet. Yeah, I mean, I mean he taking, planned... taking someone's body and then dumping the body off off the side of the train isn't isn't a particularly um, skillful move, is it? It's, it's it reeks of desperation. Yeah, and and I don't think that he planned to be outed as a meal. I think that uh, that was just a chance thing. Hmm. So who, whoever he whoever's identity is taken on since. I think again that is also a chance. It was just it was just whoever Emil happened to encounter. Do you think I'm giving him what? too much credit? No, I think I think he's he's definitely I think he's definitely planning and working these things out, and he knows a great deal. And also, we don't know the extent of the of, of the the magic that he's using. If he's using some. Um, um, esoteric means to take on the forms of people. We we don't know how much he knows about their their memories and and their lives when he does that. True. So he I might just, know a great deal about them once he's done that. He might have access to their memories or something. My thing is that uh, you know I just I don't think he's omniscient uh, because he wasn't planning on us getting on the train, and now we're on the train. True, but we don't know if by 
by taking over someone's body, does he take on some of their personality as well? Like, we don't know about that whole entire transference. Well, we do. When he took over Smythe's body, he, called, he, he, he didn't call Barrows the proper way. If he had taken on all of that knowledge, he would have known to call well, way. Well, perhaps, but, you know, that's getting into more or less like an intimate uh, uh, interaction with Bellows. About this time, Elena Constanza finishes whatever she's doing, and she comes up to your table, and she says, um, uh, Miss, Mrs. Keith, Miss Keith, um, I should like very much to speak to you in private. Of course, my dear. Well, well, let us do so immediately. Gentlemen, will you excuse us? I glare at you, Keith. Like, give you eye, like, you know what to do. You're alone. Don't glare at me. I'm, I'm on here. I'm, I'm well in. So could we, could we go back to our, our room for a moment? Yes, yes, by all means. All right. And I'll follow up with, with something of a spring in my step, having completely misunderstood her invitation. Uh, Sorry, if, I should, if I should have everybody else take their uh... trousers off. Yeah. Um, Can do. <laughs> just, 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 yeah, for a, for a minute, please. You know, take your trousers off for a minute and give yourselves a good airing. Oh, not your trousers, just your, your phones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Elizabeth takes you back to your cabin, and she sort of motions for you to, you know, sit. And she sits next to you, and she says, I need to ask you a question. And... I need you to trust me and tell me the truth. She says, is there somebody attempting to harm the members of your party? Yes, we believe there is. Is it a Turkish man? On this occasion, yes, it would appear to be so. I, I, are you referring to the, the, the incident on the, the platform with, with uh, Dr. Dawkins? Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. We, we believe it's um, connected to All other right. events. In our well, what I'm about to tell you is between us. I think that you could share it with your friends if you want to. But... Uh, I'm not just a linguist. I am a member of the British Secret Service. I bloody knew it! I don't say that out loud. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> that would spoil, spoil the atmos. Um, um, sorry, that's a bit of an outburst. <laughs> she says, um, we have heard a rumor uh, that there is a plan to assassinate the... Uh, the King of England's son, 
um, from uh, a member of a cult that we have interrogated. Uh, they call themselves the Brotherhood of the Skin. And uh, we think that Edward is the target, the eldest son. Um, I had been contacted at, at our last stop via um, telegram by uh, Sir Douglas Rutherford from Constantinople, uh, a man you apparently you are familiar with. Yes, yes, indeed. And um, I've actually been in Constantinople for the last two years undercover, uh, and now we're trying to stop this plot. So if there's anything that... Uh, <laughs> I, I think that we should work together on this. If there's any help that I can be for you. Well, yes. I, I did um, Did Rutherford tell you much? Um, he told me of some rather strange things, but it was a telegram, so there wasn't much information. He told me that I could probably trust you. Well, we... Um, go ahead. You, you, you must understand that we're, we're primarily academics. But um, on, on, on the course of our travels, we, we came into uh, into possession of an, uh, of, of an artifact, an ancient artifact, which uh, was of, of, of great significance to the, the cult of which you speak. I see. Well, As a I've heard only that he is a... Pursued by them. That he is a master of disguise, and we suspect that he's somebody aboard the train, but we haven't been able to identify him, so... We, do you feel? Do you feel like we can uh, bring your uh, your comrades in on this piece of information? I think we must. I, I trust. I trust all three of them implicitly. All right. Well, perhaps we should go and retrieve them. Yes. So, you guys go. Um, Elena and, and so I'll uh, push the fishmonger out, and um, with the diamond in my hand, um, I'll make a break for the border okay. on, on the motorcycle. Well, then we don't really need them for the rest of the game. Uh, oh, okay. so you guys are all, all relieved. Uh, I've, I've, won, I've won the call of Cthulhu's. <laughs> Elena and uh, and Doctor Keith. Uh, return and uh, they want to also speak with you guys privately and reveal what uh, what Elena has revealed. Um, Dr. Huth was right. Elena is a member of the British Secret Service. And they have reason to believe that there is an assassination plot against uh, the... Uh, uh, the king of the the king's son, uh, Edward. Yeah, um, you're worried about that. And um, they got this by capturing and interrogating a Brotherhood of the Skin. Um, Sir uh, D Sir Douglas Rutherford from Constantinople is in part behind this. So we're going to leave it with the fact that you now have a pretty strong ally on board the train. Okay. When you say Sir Douglas Rutherford is behind it, 
You mean behind the plot or behind the discovery? No, he's he's the the fact that she that she's a, a planted spy on the train to see if they can identify uh, who the uh, the guy who's going to assassinate um, the king's son. They believe that it is a Turkish man, and the fact that uh, Doctor Dawkins was attacked by a Turkish man leads them to believe that Makriot, well, they don't know that it's a Ma, that they don't know the name Makriot, but that the, the, the culprit is on board the train right now. They just don't know which one he is. Okay. So you guys are looking for the same person. It would seem. Okay. Well, since she questioned this, this uh, member of the skinless coat, how much does she know about them and their ways? Not much, only what was revealed by the uh, interrogation, <laughs> you know. And uh, I, I tell her, you, you got you need to teach us some of those those techniques. We couldn't get a word out of these people. Well, she didn't do the interrogating, <laughs> experts did the interrogating. Once Rutherford was on your side, then things started to go into motion. All right, well, let's leave it there. Our players included Thomas McKeon, Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, and Wayne Worthy with myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We are currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. One of our uh, most recent patrons, uh, Yves La Rochelle, has just increased his uh, contribution from $1 to $3. Thank you so much, Yves. Thank you, Merci, Yves. Merci, yeah. If you'd like to become a patron, please uh, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. <laughs>